welcome to smart cherry's thoughts this is sai from india Hi. Hi Sai, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you here. Thank you firstly. Uh, thank you very much for uh, accepting my invitation and accepting to be on my show. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure coming here talking to you and I have a broad reach and have a goal of helping a lot of people so happy to be part of this. so i've gone through your work uh, i can see you did uh, so much work in your career in technology so i thought to tell tell about your work and the experience that uh, you have and also the thoughts that you have to my audience mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so before that can you please introduce yourself yeah uh, my name is sunkur anganath i'm um, based in portland oregon uh, in the united states and um, I work as a, a global solutions architect in Intel and I've uh, been with Intel uh, more than 12 years now. I've done my masters in um, uh, computer engineering in Arizona State University and uh, my bachelor's with Nan uh, University. Um and uh, yeah, been uh, moved here for my masters and been here all along. And um yeah, currently I work in um, Uh, telecom domain as a solutions architect um, and i participate in the internet of things edge computing and uh, private 5g side of the uh, world uh, so it's been going great and uh, yeah so yeah i'm open to discuss you know, whatever you have in mind so right now you live in portland oregon okay usa mm-hmm. so what's what is your present role and responsibility yeah so um as a solutions architect at intel right so my um role is to work with uh, various partners companies customers uh often tell to represent some of the solutions that we work with um currently i work in a program called smartage uh, so my role essentially is to work with uh, architects and product managers and directors and uh CXOs of uh, various companies uh, small size big size startups uh, medium size firms you know different companies to establish that working relationship uh, discuss technological aspects where to figure out uh, what technological solutions are possible in the edge computing domain and uh, to jointly work together to take it to uh, customers and consumers and customers <coughs> so essentially it's um it's a combination of uh, this role is a little bit unique uh, the title solutions architect so essentially it's a combination of uh, looking into the technological aspects of a, a particular domain for example i work in edge computing in 5g domain so um i take a problem statement look at the technological architecture uh, design a solution and also understand the business side of it work with the uh, various business owners uh, to figure out how best to share this technology with the broader customers and understand the reach understand the uh, business side of it and take it to the market uh, so it's a combination of uh, business aspects and uh, 
technology aspects and also involve uh, figuring out how best to come up with uh, particular solutions uh, towards addressing a problem statement in the edge computing domain. So working on architecture and also working on business. So both are two different. So how you are able to do this? Yeah, so that's something, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I continue to learn every day. Um, so my background has always been as a software engineer. Um, and and uh, sorry, I have a little bit of cough uh, uh, in between. Uh, so as a, a software engineering background, uh, and I've been always focused on technology and figuring out, uh, um, you know, solving the technological problem statements, right? Uh, and whether it's, um, uh, you know, coding or integration or performance or, you know, so figuring out various system engineering aspects uh, to address a particular uh, problem. Now, the reality of any technology is, um, you know, someone has to use it. Someone has to buy it uh, for any company or a service or a product or a project that you provide. Someone has to understand how to use it. Someone has to purchase it. Uh, that's how any company would exist. So there, there is a side of the uh, any technology company that, um, you know, they, they have to take a particular uh, project or a product to market and position it with customers. Um, so um, working with the uh, product teams, working with the business teams, so you really understand, you know, what aspects of uh, um, a product or a solution needs to be represented uh, to the customers. And so most of the times, um, you know, so it, 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 any product has to be outside in. Right, so it has to solve a particular business need or a customer's need. Uh, you can, you know, come up with the greatest product in the world. If no one's going to use it, it's not going to uh, kind of build on. Right? No one is going to use it. You know, uh, it's, it's just it stays there. So understanding the end user's perspective, which is the business perspective, really helps you in providing or designing a better product or creating a better solution uh, towards that need. And that's where understanding the business uh, comes into play. So, and that is what has always been my interest to figure out how best to uh, figure out customer needs and create something. And this role is kind of a, a mix of both. Uh, it's a different learning than just, you know, sitting in front of a computer and do something. And you have to really talk to people, understand what's going on, understand the needs and requirements and bring up a, a solution that fits their needs. So uh, it's really fun. Uh, challenging and also interactive uh, to kind of be in this role. <coughs> so that's what my next question is. Uh, you're talking with computer on one side and talking with human beings on other side. So which one you like and why you like? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> um, no matter what we do, we have to you know uh, leverage a computer that's in front of us, right? So um, it's <coughs> uh, for me. It's a combination of both that is interesting and that is challenging because anything that we do, uh, instead of just saying, hey, I did something, someone else will take it and, you know, my work is done. So my role and my interest has always been figuring out how best is it uh, used uh, by the end, end consumer and customer. And, um, uh, you know, so it's, a, it's fun to really work on both aspects together. Uh, right. So it, uh, that way you, you don't have to lose your feet in 
latest advancements in the technology at the same time they really interact with people and customers and you know partners to really understand the world uh, what's going on outside of your you know your computer uh, there's a whole big world out there a lot of things are changing every day uh, so this helps to kind of uh, be in touch with both so what made you to become a solutions architect um you know like i said um you know it's uh, it's a relatively uh, new role in in recent times uh, right so it's not something i know it existed forever um for me as the interest of uh, uh, figuring out the customer pain points and figuring out the um, uh, what else is going on out there apart from my company so everything that i did in my background work uh, kind of led to this point where i figured that hey it's fun to talk to customers and partners understand what's going on and map it to uh, in a, a solution design a solution architecture solution implementation uh, right uh, so which you know which leverage system engineering practices system engineering is something that's always been interest of mine so Uh, and when you look at these two, I figured, okay, now when I saw this role uh, within my company, I figured, okay, and that's something I want to do going forward, and and that led me to move from pure software engineering background towards this role. So can I say, are uh, you being in uh, uh, engineering side uh, help you to become uh, an architect today? <coughs> yeah. that's absolute essential uh, you know being an uh, uh, engineer right so no matter what your title is sometimes you know in my opinion personal opinion uh, titles are just very fancy <laughs> title can be anything doesn't mean much uh, because what matters is the impact you create and uh, uh, you know the help uh, and the reach that you have uh, through the technology and and the products that you're going to build so from that perspective being um, an engineer being um, and my background is uh, software engineering primarily network software engineering so being hands on into the technology being hands on with understanding the ins and outs of a particular technology really helps you move towards um, understanding the overall picture and that's where you can move towards being some sort of architect you know software architect product architect there are multiple ways and be an architect so can help you um, understand the overall picture so that you can be a good architect uh, so uh, architecture is not just putting some diagrams together right so you have to understand some of the uh, nitty gritty details ins and outs of uh, how to implement whatever you architect uh, and that's where being a uh, engineering background uh, being a hands on person really help you become a much better architect so uh, you you spent a lot of time uh, being an engineer so what you learned uh, uh, and uh, what kind of projects uh, you worked for yeah so um it uh, it's i started um you know with uh, embedded systems being my background uh, that's where i did my masters in and i did um you know low level like hardware level um uh, programming for a, for a while you know firmware development uh, driver development 
uh, different phases in a, um, a driver lifecycle or firmware lifecycle for hardware. Um, and then uh, I, I moved into telecom cloud uh, about more than six years ago, six, seven years ago. And uh, now there's a lot to learn uh, across each of these um, uh, phases that I went through. Because right? um, the nature of development lifecycle is um, our software lifecycle is different based on the product and product that you're going to work with or end product that, you, uh, that you're going to ship out to the market. Uh, so hardware products have its own life cycles. Uh, pure software product projects have their own life cycle. Uh, so ability to kind of um, morph based on what is necessary for the product or a project is very important. Um, depending on the domain that you're in, you have to change your mindset towards uh, thinking outside in from a customer perspective. And your customer can be inside your company, outside your company. So outside in perspective is always important to understand what's going on and how it impacts your work. And also <coughs> one of the <coughs> senior um, architects once told me a few years back, uh, working with technology is easy. Working with people is a difficult part. So that has been the biggest learning. I've been through many different projects and products and um, you know, multiple managers in my company. So, um, you know, ability to learn and adapt and work with people, uh, will be really key, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, moving forward in your career. Uh, so it's always, uh, an ability to understand, uh, the people you're working with, the direction projects going, the, and your ability to convey your thoughts in a concise and precise manner really plays an important role uh, in the technology industry as well. Uh, you are experienced with uh, 16 plus countries. Uh, sorry, my experience. Uh, yeah, you, you, you have connected with uh, 16 plus countries. Uh, it's more of a travel for 16 plus countries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So traveling is a, uh, a personal passion of mine. I really love travel with my family. And uh, we all love whatever opportunity that we get. Uh, we love to travel across and it's been a you know, dream of mine to cover as many countries as I can. So, yeah, um, I traveled uh, so far, 16 countries so far. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, everywhere I go. One thing is definite that I found is that uh, um, people are same in a broad sense. Um, the needs are same and, you know, the, and some of the interests are same. Uh, cultures, uh, you know, so many cultures out there, but, uh, uh, you know, it's really fascinating to to see different cultures, learn from them, uh, see the, uh, you know, the nat natural beauty and, and the history, the culture, architecture, uh, all these different places. So, yeah, it's uh, 16 for now. And you know, now that COVID is op you know, opening up, COVID is kind of, you know, uh, getting better the situation across the world uh, and uh, the ability to travel gets better and I'd love to travel more. So like you said, uh, one of the code that uh, uh, talk, uh, working with computers is easy, uh, but uh, working, with uh, working with human beings is not that easy. So in yeah. this vast experience of yours, I'm sure in different projects that you did, and uh, in different product or services that you are uh, involved in, 
you might have uh, uh, connected and exchanged words with uh, so many different people so how was that um it's a uh, a different um uh, in a ball game uh, every step of the way every project uh, you work with right so um each country um as so i worked with uh, you know recently for example folks from ireland poland uh just as an example in my current role i work with people from india and our teams in um china um so each uh, uh country's culture kind of determines the communication and the style of working you know it's some some places it's fun some places it's serious so um having an open mind and ability to uh, kind of understand the other person's perspective is really crucial when it comes to working across borders you know but it does mean um you know you be you should be available to work with them in in odd hours right in usa it's like, uh, you can't say like hey i'm i'm working 8 to 5 and i won't talk to anybody beyond that uh, right so it, really it's the it's the case because most of the days you know my work is like 6:30 7 a.m. and can happen and go and go into late nights when i'm working with you know uh, with people other side of the world so um one being you know flexible with respect to timing another one being an open mind to work with them and third being you know um the best thing we can do working cross borders is meet the people in person and now you know with travel restrictions and what not you know at least have a video chat uh so to really uh build that bridge uh connection especially if you know your colleagues uh, you're going to be working with them for a while and having that personal discussion video call and you know having that connection becomes really crucial at some point and not everything could be done over email now that's one one important thing as well and you know, or your whatsapp or your personal message or skype or teams you now not everything is a message right so there's a person on the other end of the world so um so it's really important to have that um talk face to face uh virtual or in person and build that bridges so that you know you can get the work done so like i said technology it's there's a logic behind it there is rules behind it uh there are physical laws that you have to adhere to uh, with respect to human beings uh, you know so it's it's a uh, you know wide wide open conversation so uh, that's why it's important to really establish that trust and personal connection to uh you know take things forward and uh, your connection with uh, uh, open source software uh, you got an award i can see i can understand right right so yeah i mean as part of my role um, earlier role before being a solutions architect uh, i worked in uh, various open source communities um uh, with the software called collecti which provides uh, telemetry from the hardware um with the project uh, the time it was called openfe open platform for network function virtualization now the project has morphed into uh, its name is anaket uh this uh, this project is uh, still under linux foundation um so yeah i've been actively you know participating in these projects and been a um, uh, maintainer for uh, collecti uh, at the time uh, so you know one thing i learned with open source the reality is 
people volunteer to be there towards completion of the project, towards taking that project um, and using it uh, for a particular purpose. And uh, in the open source community, <coughs> people c don't get paid to do open source software. Um, you know, um, most folks, um, meaning uh, as a part of your company, so you can contribute to the open source software. And of course, you're paid from that perspective. But open source software is not just a matter of you know writing something and you know sharing it there, right? So it's a matter of collaboration, helping the community, helping others, um, being open and transparent with your feedback process, um, being actively engaged in with others from various companies, various uh, independent contributors, uh, and these are the things that you know no one kind of sits down with you and say that hey, do do abc so that's where you know you have most people who are uh, actively contributing to open source software it, they take this personal initiative beyond you know what their daily job responsibilities are to towards the success of that open source project and um that is where you know in participating in these open source uh, projects and uh, creating this something called community of people uh, who wants the project to be successful. Uh, so that's something I've learned uh, working in the open source projects and uh, the, the concept of community. So a lot of things, um, uh, you know, you can, you need to be kind of be open-minded. You need to learn uh, apart from your, you know, quality uh, deliverable that you would do uh, towards the goal of that completion. So along the way, um, and a few years back, I got a OPNFE Community Leadership Award I was not nominated by a good colleague of mine, and you know uh, it was uh, surprising that I got the award. Uh, but uh, thankful for it, I'm happy uh, that I can cherish uh, that part. And I was active in the community at the time, so there's definitely a lot of learnings to uh, uh, that one can gain by participating in open source projects. So 11 years of experience in uh, defining, uh, developing, building, testing, and uh, benchmarking, contributing uh, software systems in uh, uh, open source communities and customers. So I'm sure in this vast experience <coughs> of yours, uh, uh, you might have seen uh, different kinds of uh, 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 products and uh, services. So can you mention some that uh, that? That are uh, that made you think so much, like you know, that that created interest in you because it's eleven years. Uh, so your question is, um, what are the some of the things like interesting things I've learned? Um, yeah, okay. different things, different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, as a part of my work, uh, you know, so it, it's not just been a traditional software engineer where, you know, just. Uh, code something and then ship it, right? So I've been uh, in, in various um, stages of life cycle management of a software, right? You create the software, you test the software, you integrate into making it a part of a bigger system, uh, you design the system and you, um, you know, uh, go through various phases of uh, testing the system and um, uh, creating the system, the security, the scalability, benchmarking, uh, and a performance of the system. So I've been involved in various stages of the software lifecycle. And um, and through that, I worked with um, uh, you know, various 
um, people from across different companies. Um, so, you know, one of the best experiences uh, is working in the OPNFE community where you know, there, there's still a good sense of community, um, you know, uh, and, and also participating in the collective project. So, uh, you know, these open source projects have taught me, uh, you know, how to kind of interact with people from different countries and, and people who are volunteering their time to go beyond um, extra go beyond their normal job and do extra uh, towards the uh, success of that goal. So, and also not just open source, right? Across this different roles that I've been in, I found, you know, different set of um, uh, uh, mindsets and approaches towards uh, uh, coming up with a solution for a particular problem. Right? If you are presented with a problem that you want to complete, <clears throat> and different styles of doing work, different styles of creating a project. So um, internally, you know, I tell uh, within my company, I tell others I had over nearly 10 managers um, across my uh, different years. Right? So you get to learn a, a lot based on the role that you're in, um, based on the different phase of the life cycle of a project that you're in. Uh, so the mindset changes. And, and the most important thing is ability to adapt. Uh, right, so the the industry changes big time. Uh, sometime that you don't there there won't be any need of the project or the product that you're working on, and suddenly you have to stop everything that you're working on, and next day you know you have to start onto something else. So um, ability to adapt and um, you know not panic. Right, early in the career, people tend to panic. Oh, this project is dead. You know what am I supposed to do? Uh, you know, will I have my job? Will I be fired, uh, laid off? All right. So these are constant things that's back of the mind for everybody. Um, but, you know, if you understand um, the end customer, if you understand the direction your project is headed in, if you understand the business environment you're in, so you'll always find that um, you can create opportunities. I mean, sometimes early in the career, you have to go apply for a job. But, you know, if you understand uh, as you progress in your career, if you understand the broader picture, you can create an opportunity, you can create a job for yourself in the company that you're in or the uh, service industry or a, in a product industry that you're in. You can create a job for yourself, you can create a business for yourself and establish yourself that way as well. And that is where, you know, most of the startups come from, uh, identifying a need and, you know, um, coming up with a solution. And along the way, you find people who want to support you, who believe in you, which is the most important part, in my opinion. Right? So the more sooner that you do, the more sooner you'd learn that, hey, there, there are a set of people who believe in me. Uh, the, whether uh, It doesn't matter I'm a genius or not. Right? So uh, and it doesn't, that's more than being a genius. The important thing is more being open-minded and ability to learn. Uh, right. So, yeah, you pick up these things, you learn these things. We, they are working in different projects, different teams, different managers, and then all of them kind of help you uh, be better in your next role. So you solve different problems and you were involved in different projects and you uh, had conversations uh, talking with uh, different people. Uh, also, when you mentioned about your traveling, you love to travel and you want to uh, experience different things. 
so uh, in uh, you have solved a lot of problems already so what is your uh, approach uh, towards uh, solving any problem and what is how how you look at any how you look at any problem what is your view first time because you mentioned adaptability just now so how you were uh, 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 how you were uh, adapting to new things that you are mm-hmm. facing for the first time yeah um with respect to problem solving right so that i think uh, it's a really good question given you know that um to grow in your career especially in the technological world um that is one very important thing you have to keep in mind um so my approach has been i mean there's it, there's no you know rule book uh you know that says like hey this is exactly how you solve a problem right um of course you can depending on the domain that you're in you know there are a lot of um books and articles that you can read and understand the different techniques as as people call it right but for me what has worked is uh being always curious um about uh, uh you know having that interest having that curiosity about whatever you do how is it is that it's going to be used um who's the user of this um how will they use it whether you write a code whether you do a testing of a software whether um you know you create a system design or you create a architecture solution uh, right i've done all of these things right so uh it, it's a matter of uh, understanding uh, how is it that your work is going to be used and once you know that and being always curious about the technology i mean technology always keeps changing new things keep coming up that curiosity and um ability to ask the right questions uh will help you towards simplifying the problem that is in front of you and and then given your background experience you can connect the dots and say like hey here's how i'm going to approach this and there is always help available uh, uh, and i can seek out to mentors you can seek out to experts um and seniors in your role uh, right with that open mind right not that you go for every little thing to ask others but now you do your background work um and most you know sometimes you're stuck uh, right so most of the times whenever you're stuck and it's okay to ask others um that hey this is what you have done this is where you're stuck and people are generally open to help out so in terms of problem solving um being open and curious um being as uh, about the technology about the end user and always have that attitude of learning Uh, right so you have to constantly keep learning in in your domain of interest uh, so that when the problem does come from in front of you uh, you know you can look at it from your experience what you learned try and do what you can and you know you can always reach out to others and never reach out to others uh, for the same thing more than once or twice right so once you don't know second time maybe you know you didn't realize if you're reaching out to others for the same thing three times four times then that's it's uh, taking advantage of their help and time and it rather reflects negatively on you right so from that perspective uh, you know so it's a um, once you go through enough problems that you're you know facing that you're trying to figure out on your own um gives you confidence that hey okay i can take and take up bigger things that you can do and that's where you can progress uh, from that perspective 
can i say these qualities that you said uh, that you have uh, that learning skills uh, that made you to be whatever you are today and uh, understand the business business aspect of the technology and uh, being an architect uh, working with the systems yeah absolutely uh, you know so uh, in order to progress in your job role right so that uh, doesn't matter what type of role that you have um, being that um, curious mindset and ability to learn you know being open minded to learn can always help you to move forward uh, right doing that little extra you know helping others and going beyond what you what your you know daily job responsibilities are and creating a sense of that network um that where you have a set of people where you're helping you're getting help from uh, uh having that sense of network of people around you would really help you to uh progress further in life and uh, you worked 6 uh, years in design integration performance analysis building reference solutions architecture proof of concepts and network function virtualization domain so how yeah. was this experience <laughs> yeah so you're reading it off of my blog on medium based on my experience <laughs> uh, it really sounds funny when i you know hear back what i have written uh, you know so uh, you know like it's more like a resume statement you just put everything in there everything and kitchen sink in there <laughs> so um you know so it, it's it's more of um, you know just to uh, give you a background right? it's more to provide anyone you know who's trying to understand about me right the the nature of work that i've done because from a holistic perspective not just a I've done ABC, right? So the, the because all of these things, um, you know, to to answer your question, uh, right? All the things that I um, that you read just now, uh, right? They they are used to uh, towards a, um, like a, solving a particular problem or addressing a particular product need or a project's need. Um, so again, it comes down to uh, you know, for me, I've been working in a telecom domain, uh, right? Uh, based on the customers. Um, uh pain point uh, right you want to take a technology to the market you want to help uh, your customers understand uh, an aspect of technology for them to leverage uh, and use that technology in their products or solutions you want to be able to provide um, a way for them to consume uh, what you create and that's where the reference solutions reference architectures all of them out of that um, you know help so um you know from a, a product perspective like you, you have a piece of hardware you have a because i work for a hardware company have a piece of hardware technology uh, that's brand new and you want to apply it in the uh, telecom domain so now how can someone use it i mean everybody can read the product manuals and you know uh, figure it out brand new for the very first time which takes a lot of time rather the work and the teams that have been involved in their focus has been um you know okay let me create a a reference solution uh, towards uh, solving this particular problem so one of the uh, uh, you know reference solutions uh, recently i was at a, a conference called intel innovation um and we presented a, a, a reference solution with a partner of ours and the idea is how do you leverage uh, zero trust security in the edge computing and it's a pretty broad area and if you start digging in there are a lot of technical aspects to it so we created a reference solution to tell people that hey 
Uh, here's how you can bring together cloud native software, security software, zero trust concept. Uh, here's how you can scale it. Here's how you uh, install this. Uh, so this that concept of reference architecture and solution, the purpose is to bring together these different elements this, and create a system, uh, your engineer a system, design and implement a system that can help others to understand what that uh, security at, at the edge supposed to be, a zero trust at the ed edge computing supposed to be. So, um, so depending on the need of an end customer and the, um, you, you, whatever you're working with a project you're working on, right? So for someone else to consume it, you need uh, a simple way to kind of implement it and showcase. Uh, and these are often free, right? They, uh, you cannot buy, um, uh, you know, for example, simple way to look at it, right? Um, <clears throat> you go to a, 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 a dessert store and there are like ton of desserts, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, cupcakes or Indian sweets or, you know, whatever the, whatever the desserts are, right? And you want to figure out whether you want to buy from that shop. Unless you try out a sample, uh, you never know if you want to buy it. So a sample cannot be, oh, give me $2, I'll give you a sample of what I do. It doesn't work that way. I know that sample has to be free so that the person can purchase your product, right? Uh, or your service. So from that perspective, all these reference solutions architectures are, are it's, it's more of a, a, a way for others to experience your technology so that they can uh, consume your overall technology. That's great. And uh, you said uh, lead across your teams of engineers and contract workers across multiple time zones by successfully delivering uh, multiple solutions open source uh, software. Yeah. So, um, say for uh, to explain, uh, so I'm assuming your question is like, what does it mean? Uh, right. Uh, so, um, you know, so I work for a global multinational company. Uh, you know, Intel has uh, uh, their uh, places, uh, their offices and teams across different countries. So uh, oftentimes I want to kind of deliver a piece of um, technology, a piece of um, uh, uh, you know, a project. Um, you end up working with people from various countries. Like I said, recently in my current role, I work with teams in Asia. And prior to that, I was working with teams in Europe. Um, so, and it, it, if you, towards that completion, and it's all virtual team today, but you know, given the geographical boundaries, it adds another layer of complexity. Uh, so to that end, um, to, to complete a particular project, uh, you have this virtual team and some of the projects and, you know, um, implementations. I led some of those, uh, you know, virtual teams of five or 10, uh, right? So, to to complete a particular project. So uh, towards that goal, uh, it's been really fun to kind of figure out a way that works for your team, that works for you, and how best to work with the cross-border teams and uh, deliver our goal. And um, and the best way I've, se I've seen is at least visit once in a while uh, to, to meet the team, really work with them. And I've been fortunate enough that I could travel in the past uh, to meet the teams across the boundaries. Uh, so um, it's a matter of, um, you know, figuring out what, what best, what works best for the project and for the team that you're working with so that 
if you collaboratively come up with uh, a process uh, that you can work with the team. And, uh, you know, not everybody likes meetings in odd hours. And, and uh, the, the being that uh, person who's flexible and ad- adaptable to the culture of the p- teams that you're working with will really help you towards completing the project on time, delivering the project or a product on time. Right. And that is what is uh, something I've learned. Right. So the, some of the words you say uh, may not be understood or may be taken negatively. So you have to really understand the tone of the other person, what, uh, how they're talking, how they're communicating so that you can really clarify uh, simple things. Sometimes people just assume wrong things based on what you've done. Oh, whether you, this guy might not be interested uh, based on the tone that you might hear. But reality is person might be just thinking or person might be very much interested. They're waiting for you to tell more. So uh, it's uh, it's a matter of um, assuming less and communicating uh, and conveying a little bit more uh, so that, you know, you're, you're uh, well understood and, and you understand the other person asking the right question so that, you know, you can lead effectively towards uh, completing that goal, completing that project and, uh, uh, you know, work with the teams internationally. That's amazing. And also you said uh, excellent relationships and driving adoption of features and solutions with customers, partners, across open source communities, uh, uh, system integrations, and NFV domain experts. Yeah, um, so that's been part of my role, uh, working in the open source community, uh, really bring together uh, various experts towards addressing a particular challenge, particular goal, setting the direction of the project, ask the direction. So, for example, um, in in one of the projects, um, it has been an open source project. Some people contributed, you know, off outside of office hours. Some people's role was as part of their job to contribute to that open source project. And uh, uh, we wanted some traction. Uh, we wanted a way to figure out how best to release, have a, a release cycle for the project, and how best to ha- uh, help others consume that project as well. So. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it was really hard to communicate over uh, just a phone call and, or email and to bring in uh, this community together. So I figured, you know, uh, I followed up with a different set of people, found their interests, found their availability. And we all figured, hey, let's meet in um, uh, Munich to really meet in uh, one of the company's campus uh, at the time we met in Google's campus. So we all traveled to Munich from different parts of the world, people from Poland, Germany, you know, different parts of Europe, uh, from USA, from Seattle, uh, right? So uh, different people traveled from different places. And we all met in Munich to really understand, okay, where what is the interest of different um, uh, parties that are there? And how can we best help the uh, consumer that is using these projects, uh, and especially the open source project. And what are the high priority items that we need to address uh, towards um, creating that traction and momentum in the project? And um, really sit down for two days face to face. You know, especially when you travel, you know, overseas, there's a jet lag. And the first day you go there, you're in a meeting, all day meeting. You know, one of the things I learned, like you have to find a way to effectively manage jet lag. You really once the first time I went there, I just fell on the table by the time it was evening. 
you know, because it's, it was well over midnight for me in USA and it was just an uh, early morning in USA and it was evening there. So, um, from that perspective, find a way to really sit down, talk to people, find a way to prioritize. And again, this is, these are all people from different companies and, you know, these are all, there is no uh, one leader there, right? Hey, this is the leader. Let's all listen to this leader. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Open source doesn't work that way. It's a community. Everybody's voice is uh, to be heard. Everybody's voice matters. So really sitting down and um, communicating your preferences, priorities, and also understanding others and finding a way to, uh, you know, work with others so that, you know, everybody's priorities are kind of understood. And, and then, uh, uh, following up with each of the individuals so that you can, uh, there's some traction and movement in the project and you go uh, above and beyond. And I, I've uh, seen uh, some really, uh, you know, uh, considerate and, you know, people who really love the technology. They don't do it for money, but they do it for passion of technology that you know, they would come in and contribute on top of their job to uh, uh, to the uh, success, towards the success of the project, and um, also, uh, they, and these are experts in their own domain. I mean, these are experts in software uh, development, testing, and system design. All these are experts in different working in different companies. So, working with them to make sure that you gain the traction uh, and you have the continuous follow-ups and build that relationships through the call. So, I established a biweekly call so that everybody can sync up and you know uh, solve a particular problem uh, and so these are things that you get to learn um, being an open source community and this is what i you know uh, through the work that i've done it's what i've learned like being uh, this voluntary leadership uh, right uh, and it's not a official leadership like you know you're in a position and you know you're the boss right this is involuntary uh, this is not involuntary this is voluntary leadership to step up and do things and it doesn't matter your age uh, I'd say it's, it's your willingness to contribute. So you know, I taught a, a lot of things uh, to kind of, uh, you know, figure out um, priorities, working with people, and most importantly, success of a project uh, through this uh, voluntary uh, leadership. Uh, do you know how to, uh, how uh, 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 computers are connected and uh, how the information transfer is happening as a developer and uh, you know how the software uh, mechanism works because mm -hmm. uh, you worked in this for a long time and you know and also you worked in different uh, different types of uh, software uh, services and also mm -hmm. if that is that is that is computer network and uh, here other side you're mentioning all these things which shows that uh, a software which built on uh, the natural bodies called humans and uh, they are another network, human network, computer, <laughs> network, yeah. computer network and human network. So yeah. what you are observing both because your job is also uh, other than architecting, uh, communicating with uh, different companies and uh, partners of the com <coughs> companies. Mm -hmm. So what am I observing? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, so the way you said it, uh, really, you know, that's true, right? Your human networks and your computer networks. So, uh, you know, one thing to realize there, right? So the uh, communication of um, data across computer networks can travel at the speed of light, uh, right? Over your fiber optic cables, I'd say. They send a message, hit send or email, 
within an instant, the other person gets it. Uh, right. So that's a, like nearly a speed of light. You can send any information out there. But the reality is conveying the meaning of what you intended to convey, conveying you know your thoughts precisely. It's much harder than, uh, you know, uh, anything that in any technology that you can build up. Right now, you know, 4G is kind of rolling out and 5G is coming in and, and the speeds are. Not 10 times, nearly 10 times the speed of 4G. And the speeds keep going up with 60 or 70 that will come in the future. Right? But um, the most difficult part here is um, communicating with the other person with a clear and concise way so that the other person can understand. Uh, how fast you can send a message? Great. Everybody knows that. We are all working towards that. How best can you convey? You know, that's the difficult part that every person needs to get better at. And uh, the more you work with people, the more you experience working with people, the, the broader the network is. You know, um, one of the best things uh, you can do earlier in your career is have a network of people that you can work with and you can learn from and who are willing to help you out. And the, the bigger your network is, the broader your perspectives are and um, the faster that you can learn, uh, right? So, you know, human uh, brain can... You know, it's all, it's a science that's proven out. Human brain can compute faster than any computer out there, uh, right? So we all can compute faster, but are we using it to the best advantage, right? So in terms of compute and in terms of your network, human compute and human network, you know, that's the, the key part uh, in order to you know, move forward and you know, build down a successful career. Uh, you, you, you are the evidence and the witness for the evolution of the technology. From last uh, right. uh, few years, so yep. you saw what is there before ten years, and you are observing what is happening now. So, what is the? What, how do you define the human development and uh, the software development? Yeah, um, you know, software development-wise, um, now given after COVID, you know, uh, everybody has learned to kind of adapt to the virtual setting and you know some people meet in office some people don't um as and and the practices and and the approaches have changed um you know in the recent times compared to even 10 years ago uh, so there's a this this major event that shook the world and it really changed everybody in order to leverage technology more and in order to build software that really helps people um at, in this kind of hybrid virtual hybrid world. Uh, so software has um, the principles and the uh, uh, creativity. Uh, at fundament, fundamentally, you know, some of the principles stay the same, right? You cannot, you know, um, you cannot change the language uh, overnight uh, that you're working on. Fundamentally, some of the principles and processes have changed, uh, remain the same. At the same time, they have evolved to better um, suit what uh, in today's world of people leveraging social media, people being, you know, um, mindset being different in the virtual world, um, like where people um, have a personal life and also a professional life. So uh, any product or project that's being created kind of is being fit into these needs, so to say, right? So if that, that, that thing has changed. In terms of human uh, needs as well, Right. Um, people have access to a lot more technology today than 10 years back. Uh, and everything is a, you know, push of a button. You don't even have a much latency. 
even 5G is coming up, you press something on YouTube, uh, you know, immediately the video shows up. So you have a lot more ways to learn what you want to learn, a lot more opportunities that you can bring in. Right? So people are talking about recession, right? Um, so it, it doesn't matter uh, what, how the, uh, you know, the, some of the things out there in the industry are changing. But what matters is how fast you're able to adapt and learn and approach and, you know, step into. So, I mean, there's always tough times and there are always good times, a recession or no, no recession, right? So it's a matter of um, ability to learn and adapt. And it's becoming much more important compared to 10 years ago uh, to learn and adapt to the things that are changing in the industry. So, um, uh, and, and you can kind of ride the wave provided you're open-minded uh, to kind of evolve. It's, it's something I've learned going through different roles, different teams, different managers, uh, you know, different technology domains. Um, that is what is important uh, to kind of be able to openly adapt to your situation. So what made the human to uh, make the software to reach everywhere on this planet? What worked? user experience or in your entire experience, what you understood, what made the human to uh, make IT to reach everywhere? Because all the non-technical people are in the internet today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what made everybody to come and use this technology services? That's a, you know, it's a very broad question. And uh, it's it's something to ponder over. Each person's perspective would be different. Um, towards this side. Right? So, uh, one, there is a need that, um, you know, especially after COVID that I see, there is an absolute need to leverage technology uh, going forward. Uh, right? Like you said, every, most people are being uh, coming to internet given a lot of things are being done over internet. And um, given this need, um, you know, technologists across the world are figuring out that, hey, um, we, there is a need for fundamental changes in the, you know, backbone, you know, backbone of the infrastructure that we have, whether it's a internet, whether it's a 5G infrastructure, right? So a lot of these things have to kind of evolve to better suit the needs, like you know, your data speeds are going up, um, you know, a number of people are, uh, joining in are you know increasing by vast amounts, right? So, um, and also there's a lot of initiatives across different you know uh, industry firms and industry bodies, standard bodies, to help reach the technology to rural areas across the world. Um, and, um, and you know the, the the things like you know world hunger can be kind of help solve by the reach of the technology. I mean, we've seen so many examples, uh, you know, people really go out there, post on social media, uh, create fund fundraising uh, events for them so that, you know, you can really see that help is going to remote corners of the world. And these are being made possible through technology advancements, network advancements, right? So, so from that perspective, um, it there is an absolute need that, you know, uh, to expand the infrastructure to help reach the technology towards, um, you know, remote corners of the world. 
and um, the world is moving to, towards that. There's so many initiatives going on uh, to help reach that network connectivity uh, across these you know, new areas of the world where it, it was uh, really hard to reach uh, uh, any technology, right? So um, most major firms, most startups, there are many startups, uh, you know, being coming in the space that they want to uh, bring products towards these goals. And there's a lot of innovation happening in that area as well. So, yeah, it's really exciting times uh, to see in the future you know, what's going to happen and, you know, how, and as technology reaches new areas, uh, you know, new products, new services, uh, you know, new companies come out of the woodworks uh, to kind of help these people, uh, help these uh, areas. Uh, so, yeah, it's fun and exciting times. So what do you say about automation with uh, artificial intelligence? Uh, again, you know, it's, uh, it's a really um, popular and uh, really important topic, uh, right? So uh, AI is being used uh, everywhere today. And, you know, automation is one key area that um, you can leverage AI to kind of speed up the processes, uh, right? Um, whether you see any sector, you know, manufacturing sector or uh, software itself, uh, right? Uh, software creation or um, content writing, you know, so whatever areas that you dig into, uh, you know, there's AI being created so that some of these, um, you know, repetitive tasks can be automated right off the gate. And, um, you know, and AI being intelligent uh, going forward that, you know, it can really replace uh, uh, some of the manual tasks that humans do, uh, right? And my perspective, uh, you know, it's uh, there's uh, good and bad to it, but in reality, is um, it it is very much needed, you know, given the world of remote work and uh, you know the difficulty in getting the right manpower. So um, you know, AI is being heavily looked into, being created and used in, in the automation side of the things. Uh, you are uh, you are into telecom industry for a long time. Uh, you saw the evolution in telecom industry as well, and uh, now we came to a place where uh, we can send data, or information or, uh, through any medium in fraction of uh, seconds. So mm-hmm. where we are actually? So uh, uh, because you saw uh, how fast uh, uh, the technology is uh, developed. So mm-hmm. where we are going, are we going to uh, even uh, send the information to other planet? Yeah, why not? <laughs> we already have the ability to send the information to other planets, right? We are operating rovers on, on Mars, so to say, right? So we definitely have that ability to send the information uh, across the planets. Um, so <clears throat> like I said, um, the advances in, in the different areas, right? So the um, number of things that are being done um, in order to expand out the infrastructure uh, to really able to uh, expand the reach, uh, right? So that number one, the uh, the speed of information, you know, always keep getting better in some form or shape because people are uh, testing out um, the, the limits of physics, how best to help reach the technology across these uh, you know, much faster you know, much um, with lower latency. That's 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 going to happen 
always right so uh for foreseeable future uh, that's number one thing people are going to keep working on at the same time the, the number of people leveraging the technology would also kind of keep improving or increasing so from that perspective a lot of opportunities being created and and people who understand the the trends people who understand the needs can really um ha- uh, create products or companies that can help others in, in these domains and um there's a lot of opportunity across the world uh, you know to to do that right so there's no no such thing of as a, a saturation um if you're innovative enough to help others um and you can create a product or service that can you know uh, make other people's life easier um, so that you will always have opportunity so uh i have few a uh, few more questions that uh, before ending so you worked in the uh, telecom industry and uh, you know uh, 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 you, you saw the information transfer how fast it is happening from long time so where we are going uh, we are transferring information in between countries today and we are working remotely uh, Uh, and uh, this is happening and uh, we came to uh, uh, a capacity where we can get information very quick so are we able to go out of the planet and uh, what is your uh, uh, expectation when we are going to reach far and uh, if there are aliens or somebody <laughs> that species yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the capacity and how the future technology is going to be yeah it's a, it's a broad question uh, it's a you know fun and interesting to explore and uh, this question right so two things i'll tell you one what's happening on our planet and one you know what 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 can we consider about outside of our planet right so one thing to think about right so with the uh, 5g you know most people know 5g as um, uh, hey my phone speeds get better uh, and i can download a movie faster with 5g right so uh, people most people think about um just what's happening on our phones and our laptops um but in reality 5g also brought in uh you know the ability for uh, machines to communicate each other much better and much faster much more in a reliable fashion so what this is enabling is um there's so many advances in in the agricultural field um in the industrial sector in uh, you know mining in in a retail uh, you know in a shopping malls and what not right so there's so many use cases being brought up with the advent of 5g because the machine and machine are able to communicate with much lower latency and much easier and faster fashion than ever before with the all across the 5g spectrum uh, all using 5g right so the networks the advances in the networks have enabled that so what does that mean to you know average person if you look think about you know an agricultural farm you know you have a different especially for example in usa right you have different machines tractors or you know seed planters or so many machines in in the in the farm you know that is taking care of your poultry or that is taking care of your you know um in our fisheries what not right so there's so many sensors being spread apart um in these farms right now that machines can um talk to each other if there is a problem in a particular area a particular machine can go there and look at the problem uh, and you know if there is a water leak if there is a something happening with a particular uh, tree falling down right so there's a lot of automation is being done so that you know farmer can immediately address 
that you don't need 100 people to go there and look at it and, and find and keep looking at it day in day out so these sensors can do that for you so that is uh, you know f- uh, farming for example in the retail sector as well you know people can have much better experiences shopping uh, right so you don't um, there's a lot of experiments being done where um, you know you don't need a person to help um, uh, build it you put all the items in your shopping cart go to a person and they build the items and then go check out right so these things can be done automatically using cameras and sensors right so um and so there's a lot of innovation in these different areas that you know it, it, the the automation can be done through machines um uh, in, in with 5g today and uh, to that end uh, you know 5g is expanding big time in all these sectors and with the 6G, it's much more personalized computing, ambient computing, you know, and there's a better ways being created to uh, to have sustainable technology where you're, you know, having less footprint, carbon footprint on the environment. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of sustainable practices have been incorporated across you know, different technological aspects, uh, right, from the hardware to software to and consumer, uh, right? Uh, every company is moving towards you know, sustainable future. So that is what is happening on our planet. So this, what this means to a normal person who doesn't, you know, uh, deal with technology development every day is, is you're, you have much more easier experiences in dealing with technology or using technology. Now, as things getting better and easier and faster, um, you know, broader reach here. Uh, there's definitely a lot is happening to reach outside the planet as well, uh, right? So, for example, the, uh, there is a uh, you know there's an IEEE initiative on um, extraterrestrial communication. Uh, you know, how can you enable you know space leveraging space technology? How can you enable communication in different parts of the world? And leveraging similar infrastructure, you can also look at how can you send uh, your probes outside of our planet so that they can reach beyond, right? So you know the Voyager probe that was launched way back, you know, so many years ago, uh, it has crossed our solar system and people didn't expect it to survive this long, but uh, it has crossed our solar system and it has crossed um, that boundary, this interstellar, uh, interstellar space, right? So it's in that interstellar space that is going beyond any probe sent by a human outside of our solar system, uh, right? And it took so many years for it to, across the solar system. So you never know what, uh, you know, what else is out there, who else is out there. Um, and uh, we have, um, you know, technology today that where you can launch multiple satellites, you know, have leverage same uh, space vehicle to back and forth send uh, satellites out there. We have a much better telescopes today than ever before. So. You know, there is a, in terms of extraterrestrial communication, a lot of advancements has happened and that your people are reaching out to outside our solar system, figuring out, you know, how best to uh, be prepared for the future. When, you know, if there are aliens, when they do come, you know, what, what we can do, right? So, uh, so yeah, there is a lot of advancements going on. And if you're someone who watched Star Trek, you know, I, I watch more Star Wars and Star Trek, but, you know, uh, if you're uh, if you're a fan of Star Trek, there's so many uh, you know hypothetical scenarios that the Star Trek show shows you that um, you know you can really 
uh, it's just uh, you know all you need is a figment of imagination to broadly reach out to and uh, imagine what's out there and there are technologies being developed that um, can help you to reach out there right so a uh, lot of fun things happening a lot of things to explore so one final question is uh, quantum computers are going to replace humans work mm-hmm. <laughs> okay uh, it, it, it's the question like uh, are, are they going to replace humans work yeah yeah <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter quantum computing or not right so there there are computers normal computers today replacing some of the you know um, manual tasks that humans do right so <clears throat> it's a uh, it's always a balance uh, in my opinion and in respect to quantum computing the technology uh is still being developed it's in the early phases uh, people are looking at um leveraging it for you know uh, production use cases um but there's a lot of um development ongoing that needs to be done so that you know you can mass produce quantum computers um so that you know it it, it can be as simple as installing a normal laptop in a anywhere to replace a particular job uh, you know so the the form factor of it and and the deployment of it the automation surrounding it and how best to use it are still under works uh, and it's still going to take a little bit time before they come to the shop near us uh, right they come to the walmart near us or they come to the you know store near us and say like hey i have a comp- quantum computer in my store right it can do everything for us right there's still some time some time before we can get there uh, in terms of uh, sheer um, capabilities today it's very expensive to build one and operate one uh, so it, that's how you know mainframe computers started you know back so many years a few decades ago I mean the simple calculator that we take it for granted today required like a whole room of computers to do the calculation and today you know we have a cell phone it's much more powerful than a you know simple like a mainframe computer that did simple calculations so you know it's it did take its own time quantum technology quantum computing technology to mature and, and at some point in time they'll be uh, you know as accessible as we have a you know a smartphone today uh, in a simple form factor right so uh, yeah it'll take its own time So at last uh, what is uh, your experience what do you feel about uh, this conversation and also about the work uh, that I'm doing have you seen any videos of mine on youtube and uh, what is your observation as a technologist no thanks for doing that um this is um, something you know uh, i shared with others couple of others as well like when i started um, and I said okay I'll, i'll do a podcast with you right so going through your youtube channel going through the nature of interviews that you've done uh, right so people from diverse backgrounds um very different countries and cultures uh and all these people like uh, i've seen that you now listening to those podcasts and interviews i've seen that you're very open to uh you know understand the others perspective uh, you know whom you're interviewing but most importantly the goal that you have uh, to help others right uh, what you said respect to uh, no matter uh, you know how long this it might take to for someone to listen to this video or this interview but if even if it helps one person to really uh, change uh, their life or change what they are doing on a daily basis or help evolve in their thinking 
so that they can apply for their you know life right so that's a really good mission to have uh, as a really good value statement that you're really bringing together these uh, different um, experts across the technological domains or you know doctors or, or whatnot right so that you can really bring them together and um their if their interviews like i said you know um, if their interviews help even one person you're done your job right you're thankful for that and and same way you know i believe in the same that whatever i do uh you know publicly even if it helps one person uh you know improve their life uh, that impact that you can have on their life uh, knowingly unknowingly for towards a positive end result you know that that's what i look for as well so from that perspective i see that you're doing that on a daily basis the podcast and interviews take time it's a lot of your personal time so i'm uh, not thankful that you're doing that for the benefit of uh, the world the community that you're building and the broad reach that you have uh, so it's really great that uh, you know you're going over and beyond uh, to really make this happen to really uh, put these things together uh, so thankful for that so i did masters in software engineering also bachelors in computer science and engineering right now i'm getting the trained as devops engineer so all this experience uh, talking with experts like you who are already in the industry who worked in uh, different projects different solved different problems uh, understood the how things works in the industry and uh, uh, involving in different different things uh, uh, in in different worlds listening to all you people experts around the planet around the globe so what i'm going to learn from this experience and how i'm going to use this knowledge if i work in it in coming days uh so the question is um how can you use that experience to uh work going forward in it yeah so it's um number one i think um given your access to broad set of people given the um, number of things that um, you're doing with your podcast and interviews right so it can help you um give a perspective of what's happening in the real world what's happening in the industry and i would encourage people who are listening to this as well i mean the more you listen more you learn from diverse set of people would help you in your you know everyday career um and number two um given you're going through um this different learning uh, your training in devops what not right so the, you can really uh understand the pain points of of various um companies various uh, sectors that you're working with i mean any job that we do in software has to address a problem so uh it, it, i mean you can create software for fun but in, in order to make it a career it has to help someone address a, a problem so uh or a problem or a need so to say right so from that perspective um in terms of devops that you're learning same thing you know so the any major enterprise needs software to be automated as a um necessity of uh, leveraging uh, devops to make it easier for uh, you know the, the it team or the product team uh, so that to ship the software out to test it to scale it uh, to understand it and and you can ship it out to the customer so uh, from that perspective yeah devops is uh, absolutely needed and is being used across so many industries today um so many verticals uh, sectors so yeah i mean keep talking keep going through the various um, advancements out there in the devops industry and um, you know you can really make an impact um with your broad experience and with your knowledge um, in terms of uh, uh, implementing devops uh, to help a particular organization
uh, i'll i'll put your web links in the description of this video people who find our video on youtube can see the work that you are doing and also i can see uh, you are also contributing through your blog as well you are writing uh, 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 topics uh, which will help uh, them in improving their knowledge so uh, uh, also i'll put on the screen as well they can see the entire video uh, your your online presence also your social media and uh, can you also spell your uh, uh, online presence to my podcast listeners yeah definitely i'm generally active on linkedin um so another you know, url would be available made available um so I, i'm happy to kind of help anyone any of the dis- uh, domains i talk about um personal growth uh, career growth uh, 5g technology edge computing telecom uh so um i i share articles technological articles um through medium blog and i'm also building my personal blog on allthingsedge.com um so some of these um areas that you can see the the advancements in the technology that i'm either i know of that i'm working on and i share a lot of these on linkedin some of the um various architectural solutions that i come across some of the industry trends i come across i share them on linkedin as well uh so i'm happy to connect and chat with anyone uh and uh, you know uh, any small impact that i can do i'd be very happy to and thanks uh, sai for giving me this platform and opportunity to help me share my perspective help me uh you know reach um, your audience and you know whatever small impact that i had i'm very happy and uh, thankful that you're doing this can you spell your uh, presence yeah my my full name uh, is uh, sunkuranganath right so s u n k u r a n g a n a t h uh, so if you search the in linkedin or medium with my name uh, right you should be able to find me definitely uh, uh, definitely it is going to helpful for a lot of people uh, uh, from anywhere uh, it listens to you and uh, uh, even if it pick uh, some of your points uh, you will be the great contributor for their uh, development and uh, their growth if they change and uh, if they implement uh, that in their life uh, that is going to be a big contribution for their for themselves at the also for their family as well thank you very much for giving me your valuable time and uh, giving answers to my questions and uh, uh, telling your experience to my audience no, absolutely it's been a pleasure and i'm um, very glad that we had done this uh, you know happy looking forward to further opportunities working with you thank you again sure yeah take care bye bye